passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. I'm excited about the draft because I don't think the Bears can go up there and blow this. Now, it's early, but anything's possible. This is the Chicago Bears. But I just don't think they're going to do that this year. Well, it, it will take years before we know. Yeah, and what we do know is that, the, you know, that, that last weekend in April and the entire month of May and most of 2023 will be set, sort of viewed through the optimistic lens because that's just the way it works with the draft. You know, you, you always kind of feel the energy of that headliner of the class until he doesn't uh, – merit it anymore and it takes a while for, for players to not merit it and so there's going to be a lot of trumpets blaring about whoever they take because there's yeah. going to be reasons to blare Listen. those trumpets because it's going to be a really talented dude I'm a noted draft night trumpet player. I mean, I, <laughs> I was blaring for Kevin White because I thought, oh, my gosh, that when I get this guy, I got caught up in the excitement. I was in downtown Chicago. The draft was there. They pick a guy that looked like, boy, he was going to be dynamic, and then look what happened. So I get the mentality. You get swept away in the enthusiasm. I don't know, Dan. I mean, you've been here 10 years. Can you before, remember- you move, before you move on from that, I think yeah. you got mad at me one year because of how high I was on Anthony Miller. So if you want, <laughs> if you, if you want to hear my draft. Oh, draft oh wait a second. Hold on. Time out. You loved Anthony Miller. That's what you, I'm saying. Here's why the audience needs to know this. You loved Anthony Miller. You love that pick because you encouraged them to pick Anthony Miller. You wrote the pre-draft story on Anthony Miller. Then they pick him. You're like, oh, my God, I was right. I love Anthony Miller. And guess what? I was wrong. You were wrong. He, he, was, wrong. he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have been loved as much as I loved him. I was wrong about Kevin White, too. So, I mean, it happens. But you do get swept away with draft night stories or draft weekend stories that you're like, oh, geez. I could see. Hey, going way back, you weren't here. You are probably North Carolina covering basketball. I can remember writing a, an excited story on Dan Bazain. When they drafted him, okay. So this is interesting, and I know I've teased this a few times. Next week we'll get a chance to talk about this. Brad Biggs and I are 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 analyzing all 151 picks that the Bears have made in the last 20 years. I love that idea. Dan Dan Bazine is a guy I have no idea who it is. And I got there, I I got to call Biggsy up. I'm like, what, 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 what? Who is this dude? Suffice it to say that in our batting average calculus, he registered as an out, uh, and he did he did not register as a hit. That was a, a Jerry Angelo. Pick, yes, Jerry yeah. Angelo. I don't even know what year it was. It's just okay. like, who the hell is Dan Bazai? 2007 um, or 8-ish. But this is an assignment for you for the pod and for the trivia. Oh, man, we got an assignment. Go back 
I did my homework. You need to do some too. I'm writing Go it down in my Chandler's Tribune archives. The year Dan Bazine was drafted, <laughs> I wrote a very glowing profile feature story, however you want to describe it. He overcame something very – he overcame some personal adversity, if I recall. I wish I had the details. He was a Mac guy, so he was a Mid-American Conference guy. <laughs> so you know that I had a soft spot for him, hoping that he would succeed. He was a tremendous interview, a quality human being. He just wasn't a very good pass rusher. Before we move on, because I know you had another question to ask me, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit more because Colleen and Kane and I had this discussion today. Um, Rich Campbell, when he started at the Tribune, brought the idea of on draft weekend basically reaching out to the position coach at the college of every prospect that the team drafts. And you get a lot of really valuable insight. Uh, in those interviews, and you learn a lot more about the prospect the Bears drafted. It has since faded from – we're trying to, to discuss whether to revive it. My argument against reviving it is I had some terrific conversations over the years with the position coaches of Brock Vereen and Adam Shaheen that made these guys feel like they were going to be all pros in the NFL, baby Gronk and instincts like you've never seen before. And when those guys wash out of the team or the league in two or three years, you go – Oh God, you know, so I'll find the archives of those position coach interviews that I did with, with the position coaches of, of Brock Green and, and, uh, and Adam Shaheen. And we'll bring that with the Dan Bazine, uh, Bazine, 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 Dan Bazine. Yeah. <laughs> find somebody who looks at you the way a college position coach looks at a player a draft draft on draft weekend by the NFL <laughs> on draft weekend. It right? doesn't like, matter who it is. It those guys. Be yeah. A better time than to stand out on the front porch and, and, and blare the trumpets. Um, so anyway, that that's our, that's our tangent there. Uh, yeah. Good discussion. Good homework. I will get to that by the end of the week. Dan Bazine we'll was a second roll. round pick out of central Michigan in 2007. That was the, that, that was the I'm drunk with success draft. That was the we are too cocky for our own good draft. That was the I'm have faith in me draft, Lovey Smith. That you, was the you, draft you want after the other the, names. Other names in 2007? Yeah, Greg Olson was the headliner. Yeah, of that Greg class. Olson was the, he drafted 30th because they were at the end of the first round. Dan Bazin was the next year. Um, no, same, same year. Then, then Garrett Wolf, Michael Okwo, Josh Beekman, Kevin Payne, Corey Graham turned out to be a great player. Uh, in, in comparison to where he was drafted, Tremaine McBride, Aaron Brandt. That was your 2007. Now, if you really want to get industrious and enterprising, I'm not your editor or your colleague at the Tribune anymore. But if you want to really do a good story, Josh Beekman, the guy that you mentioned in that draft class, college teammates with Ryan Poles at oh, Boston College. There, there you, you go. go. Beekman was the center. I think Poles was one of the tackles or guards or wherever he played. I don't remember. But anyway, I think because it helped protect Matt Ryan. Yes, they did, because Ryan Poles was then uh, an undrafted free agent the next year, and I didn't write his story. I don't remember <laughs> him at all. I'm sorry. I wrote a lot of lo I've written a lot of lousy draft stories over the years, but not his. If you had talked um, to his position coach that year, maybe you would have found out that he was a future exactly. executive in the league. <laughs> exactly. I talked to his dad instead, and dads are <laughs> never wrong. All right, real quick. The question I was going to ask you, can you remember in the 10 drafts or so that you've covered for the Bears – ever coming out of a first round pick. I know there are some years they didn't have one. The yeah, first many. pick that they've taken, the first pick that they've selected, and you felt like, oh, geez, this is not going to work. Oh, boy, this is a bad mistake. I, I, I dare you. I bet you haven't. I'm, I'm looking through it. Kyle Fuller, uh, Kevin White, Leonard Floyd. I will say I had some reservations, uh, not, not great reservations, but about Leonard Floyd. Then Mitch, Mitch was 17. 
Um, and and I remember writing on draft night of that year that one way or another, we're going to look back on this pick as, as a pivot point in the Bears organization. That was correct. That was I had learned my lesson at that point to not always uh, blare the trumpets and, and at least understand that that these guys may not work out. Roquan Smith, uh, David Montgomery, a third round pick in 19, Cole Komet, Justin Fields. Kyler Gordon. There's, there's, that, that's the, that's the list. So I, I remember having similar reservations with Leonard Floyd. You might have planted them in my head, I, for all I know. But uh, I, I have, I had some, I had some. They moved up to get him, if I recall, and I wasn't Correct. sure that somebody like that was worth moving up to get. And then, I, and it's easy to say now in retrospect. It's always easy to look back and say you should have done this or you should have done that. But and in full disclosure, I think you. I don't have to, it's no secret. I mean, the night that they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, I applauded that as loudly as anybody because I felt like it was a You were sold by the Toyota Camry, weren't you? (laughs) I didn't care about the Camry. I did read your story, but I don't care about the Camry. I thought it was Ryan Pace, you know, establishing himself and finally doing something the Bears hadn't done in forever. It was that was moving up to get the quarterback they wanted. I was a Deshaun Watson guy. I wrote that morning in the paper. They should have taken him. God, I'm glad they dodged that bullet. But you know what I mean. So I think it was just surprised that he did that. I'm rambling. Two two quick Leonard Floyd nuggets before we move on. He was drafted the second year that the draft was in Chicago. I was at the Auditorium Theater waiting to talk to the Bears prospect in person that they drafted. Leonard Floyd didn't come to the draft that year. (laughs) He was back home in Georgia, so I had almost no work to do that night because there was no one to talk to. You know, the, uh, Leonard Floyd was made available on a conference call at Hallis Hall. I wasn't there. Uh, it was an, an odd night. The other one, uh, loyal listener to the Take the North podcast, Zach Zaidman, loves this fun fact about Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd's dad name is Leonard Lloyd. <laughs> no way. Really? <laughs> 100%. Leonard Lloyd Floyd? Leonard, It's just Leonard Lloyd. And then, and then Leonard Floyd... He, Oh, I had no idea. That's crazy. Zach likes that nugget. Yeah, oh yeah, love that. Oh nugget. wow. Yeah, I yeah I just remember being I just remember being kind of nonplussed by the move and thinking, okay, I don't know if this is guy is going to be a, a successful NFL pass rusher. I also remember I think the the closest I ever came to poo pooing a pick that was a high pick was I remember when they picked Shea McClellan. This was Phil Emery. And Shea McClellan was coming. I, I love the narrative. You know, I always fall in love with those a little bit. Chicken Dinner Road, and he came from <laughs> Idaho. All those things that made it a really good story. But I remember writing, like, why does Phil Emery always feel like he's got to try to be the smartest guy in the room? You know, he, and, and that was that pick that epitomized that. It was like, what does he know that everyone else doesn't? And what are you doing reaching a draft pick, I think, number 19 overall? So that's about as critical as I can remember being on draft night because everybody wants to believe in something on draft night. It, everyone wants to feel like a position coach on draft night. In our comprehensive draft review, I will point out that a couple years after the Shea McClellan pick, the Bears selected Ego Ferguson, two selections, <laughs> before the Green Bay Packers took a guy named Devontae Adams. Oh, that, that hurts. Ego, <laughs> Ego Ferguson, one of the best, one of the guys on the all-name team. Yeah. But, uh, he never really materialized. He was from LSU, wasn't he? Correct, yes. Yeah. Did, never really materialized. Is a, Devontae a Adams went after Ego Ferguson? Two, two selections later. That's a whiff for the ages. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so fun draft stuff. Anything else that we uh, – haven't necessarily covered in talking about all the kind of draft things to come because there'll be plenty more conversation ahead. Yeah. New name in Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. I think this is Mel Kuyper's 
fourth and penultimate mock draft. He'll do one more draft week, but he's got Darnell Wright to the Bears in this latest one. That's the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. The the logic now look, Mel has previously mocked Paris Johnson to the Bears, which is you know everyone is sort of assuming they'll pick off the Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones menu, but he thinks that Darnell Wright could be a guy that that you know, intrigues them as a guy who would play on the right side. He, he made 13 starts last season at Tennessee on the right side. If you feel comfortable enough to keep Braxton Jones on the left and you want to use a pick on the right side, that's a name that we haven't talked about at all during the pre-draft process. He pops up in Mel Kuyper's mock draft this week. I don't know that it means much, but I just figured I'd throw it out there uh, because it is a, a, a new prospect that that's being floated. His claim to fame is that Will Anderson called right. him the toughest uh, tackle. offensive tackle he faced in the SEC. That's high praise coming from the highest rated pass rusher in the draft. I don't know that I want to draft someone based on a compliment from a peer. <laughs> Possibly. But I don't know that that's the basis for it. The other thing is this. I don't know that I want to draft somebody because I'm falling in love with the idea of Braxton Jones at left tackle. I think right. that is settling for and, and lowering your standards. We also heard from Braxton Jones this week on CHGO. I think he told Mark Carmen that he would play right tackle. It is different, but he'd be willing to switch sides. So I don't want my entire draft board turned upside down or adjusted even to reflect the, the you know, because Braxton Jones will do this or we believe in Braxton Jones. You don't make a first-round draft pick decision based on a fifth-rounder success. All right. Well, you just took a, a healthy dump on Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, and that's 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 all we need to do. I just thought I'd throw it out there, but I'm glad you had a chance to, I'm just saying, that's to a, give your reaction to it. Off the top of my head, that's exactly what I think about that one. I, maybe, look, he's a fine player, and maybe if the Bears move down now, if they move down, I don't think. Do you think he's worth the ninth overall pick? No. Over those other guys? No, no, I do not. I don't think it'll happen. It just yeah, it caught my attention. Um, it's another sort of uh, like illumination of how much time there is in the pre-draft process. Exactly. I always joke, we start doing these first mock drafts that, that get the most attention in January, and there's there's more time between that first mock draft and the actual draft than there is in the NFL regular season most times. You know, it just it drags out for so long that every every possibility and, and pivot point is, is addressed. One other little note, uh, Robbie Gold, former Bear, you might remember him well, Ooh, yeah. uh, entering his, his 19th season is uh, certain that he will play somewhere in 2023. He's still a free agent, uh, said on ESPN 1000 this week that he's got some offers out there. He is trying to figure things out. He would like to play closer to home. This isn't the first time that Robbie has kind of made that something that he would like to do. He has three boys, uh, is been tired of being on airplanes and is also trying to find a club that may not necessarily need him to come to OTAs. <laughs> when you're a father in your 30s, sometimes the OTAs seem kind of trivial and you can figure out how to work on your craft on your own and then figure out a way to be a dad and then show up when, when well, the come on during the regular I, season. I didn't hear that. I don't listen to that station, but um, <laughs> I will tell you that uh, that just made me think that there's a prediction here now that you told me what you just told me about Robbie Gold. Closer to home. Green Bay? No. Oh. He's going to end up in Detroit. Oh. He's going to end up in Detroit. And Money Badgley is going to be out of a job. And the Money Badger, is he still up there? Uh, I, well, it's, the reason I brought this up is because, you know, there is intrigue, right? Cairo Santos still has one year left on his deal. I think he's got uh, a $3.5 million base salary for 2023. I think it would be I, a dead, dead cap hit of 1.5 if you got rid of him. I'm, uh, I'm on the record. Bring him, you, bring him back. 
It's interesting because Robbie's exit occurred because the Bears were a little tight under the cap and had a clear room for Josh Sitton. And, and, uh, you know, personalities clashed at Hellas Hall and off off went the all-time leading scorer of the franchise. They got nothing but money. Coming out of their uh, out of their whatever at Alice Hall, and so now maybe the chance to 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 make a wrong right by going and spending some of that money on Robbie Gold. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I just uh, thought it why was why why not? Because I think that it would be negligent if they didn't at least make an offer or look into it. Because you need some you need certainty at every position, and he offers more certainty than anybody they've got right now. Does he does he have history with Richard Hightower? I can't recall. Um, I don't recall. Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think and, that and it maybe would make a little bit sense. here. It would make sense. I would. I would promise. I would vow not to even piss him off this time around. I would try to be a good soldier with Robbie. I mean, we we made up. He made up with everybody. He loves the Chicago media. Oh yeah. So he would. He would be. He's going to be a member of the Chicago media one day. I predict that.